Hello all you seekers, explorers and renegades out there. Welcome to another ex- episode of the Alchemy Experience podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Lemke. The topic we're discussing today is flow. The topic of flow can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people, but essentially it is when you're in perfect alignment with who you are authentically, what you're passionate about, what your purpose in life is, and essentially life just flows. This doesn't mean that everything in life is going to be hunky-dory when you're in flow, but rather your perception or your perspective of those challenges is going to be different. So today's discussion will go into a little bit more of uh, what flow means to different people, but also to see why it's evading most of us and what we can do to actually get into flow. And as a matter of fact, during the middle of uh, 2021, the Alchemy Experience uh, will be launching a new joint venture uh, called Thrival Flow. So if you would like to get more information on this, head over to the alchemyexperience.co.uk and click on uh, Thrival Flow at the top. There you can uh, enter your name and email address to be informed of when this concept and this course is being launched. But for now, I hope that you're going to enjoy this uh, thriving and flowing discussion, so enjoy. Welcome everybody. Today we are talking about flow and uh, specifically the flow of life as uh, you know how we flow through life or how life flows through us, uh, whichever it may be. But uh, as Bruce Lee said, be like water, making its way through cracks. Don't be assertive, but just to the object and you, you shall find a way around or through. If nothing within you stays rigid, outwards things will disclose themselves. So it's, uh, I suppose, a bit of a mysticism in that, but uh, we'll we'll dissect it as we go along. Um, And as I said before, you know, it's a question of do we flow through life or does life flow through us? Um, And, you know, as whether it's both of them or one of them doesn't matter. You know, as it, it is to gain the full experience without judging good from bad, right? So once we start judging our experiences, good or bad, then we know that we are going to find ourselves taking ourselves out of flow very quickly if we happen to be in flow. Um, so what Bruce Lee is talking about there is to not resist the experiences, uh, to not judge them good or bad just allow them to be allow yourself to flow through them or allow them to flow through you Uh, so flow is being in alignment with passion nothing appears difficult and uh, any longer and uh, it just flows right i think for most of us we've experienced flow at some point in our lives but it's it's the perpetual flow that evades us so why does that evade us um I've kind of listed out here four kind of steps to get into flow. And as I see in general terms and the broad terms, I would say. So the first step is to have clear goals and ambitions. You know, if you don't know what you want, uh, which road to go down, um, it's a little difficult to uh, get into flow and experience the things you want to experience. You want, you need to know what you want to experience. 
Um, and it's second step is to allow life to happen for you, not to you. And there's a whole process behind that. You know, the, the statement is easy, but it's the process behind it that is the challenge, right? So then we'll go into that in a little bit as well as we uh, discuss the, the different topics here. And aligning yourself with your true essence and authenticity. And that comes as a bit of a byproduct of allowing life to happen for you uh, because then you start, as you go through that process, you start to look inside yourself and you start to realize who you are and what your boundaries are, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, and then the last step there, and this is a step that is more about perpetuating the flow, uh, is to show up as a role model and be the change you want to see. Because if you don't do that, and allowing the people around you or the experiences around you to change as well, you are going to continue to come up against these challenges because you are going to have those challenges around you. And then it's going to be far more difficult to remain in flow and not judging those situations, good or bad. So let's start out there. Um, so we can start with why is flow, flow evading in most of us? For Thanks, Christopher, for bringing this up, man. It's just such a great topic. And the way you're approaching it isn't kind of the way I looked at it, but it makes so much sense as far as not judging things good or bad. Uh, for me, flow, a lot of times if I'm doing art, meant listening to music. It usually was toward the end of the evening. And it was just kind of a long process. You know, I kind of had a playlist and toward the end of it, I'd start to feel my creative juices flowing and then, you know, I'd create, but getting into that, you know, spending an extra hour or so just to get into flow um, doesn't really jive all the time with my schedule. And so for me, you know, I was, I'm always looking for ways to quote unquote biohack or hack flow to how can I get there sooner using the Silva method or meditation techniques, those kind of things. Um, but also, you know, staying away. I think a lot of people turn to um, either drugs or, or something like that in order to sidestep it. And, and a lot of times that does work. You know, you can utilize psychedelics or, or things like that to um, reach a flow state. And we hear about it a lot amongst the, the big thinkers in the world or the, the people around the cutting edge utilize those substances, but it's not something you're doing every day either. No, and I think you're touching on a very important part there. The, the times that we do experience flow is when we do these special things that we have a passion for, whether that be art or uh, music in your case, or it might be going ballroom dancing or whatever it is. And that's when we experience, that's when we have that passion comes come through, right? And that's, uh, you know, like I was mentioning before, that it's flow is being in alignment with your passion, right? And nothing appears difficult or, uh, or you, you just flow with it, right? Now, if you are a ballroom dancer as a profession, then, and that is your flow, then yes, you can probably uh, spend a lot of time in flow because that's, that's your profession. But when you come out into your daily life, you still have to experience life, right? 
So if that's the only way we're going to experience flow and we seek to, to do that as much as possible in order to experience flow, then we end up doing kind of a, a spiritual bypass because we're not dealing with the things that are preventing us from uh, being in flow in the situations where we are challenged being in flow, right? So how do you tackle that? Because you're absolutely right. It's, it is a form of spiritual bypass where you run into people who are, you know, many of us have been there as well, where you kind of hit a sense of awakening and it's just such a relief that you don't want to leave it. Mm-hmm. And so then you kind of want to just camp out there and just be kind of blissed out and not, uh, not come back to the feet on the ground. And finding balance like that can lead to some resentment, you know, I think amongst towards family members or people at work or what have you, just like, ah, you're, you're breaking up my, my mojo here. And uh, yeah. So how do you do, how do you accomplish that? Well, I'm certainly not one to be in flow all the time yet anyway, Um, getting there more and more. And it's, it's, uh, you know, there's the second step there, allow, life to happen for you as opposed to you uh, and it's if you look at the the idea of or the buddhist buddhistic kind of notion of experiences is that you judge experiences neither good nor bad they are just experiences um, if you have that as a starting point then you start evoking or you you just have experiences external to you but you just feel at peace and uh, uh, have this serenity within yourself. And that's then you get into that flow because uh, things flow within you in a much easier way. And what you experience on the inside is then going to be reflected on the outside. Um, So, you know, to put it in plain, plain English, I suppose the recommendation is to we got to deal with our own bullshit. That's uh, kind of the the recipe <laughs> to end up in, to get into that flow state, um, because it's the uh, as we've talked so many times on this podcast earlier about that it's the the triggers that is the door into our own crap, our own baggage our own traumas, our own, you know, whatever we have in the background, right? So if we're constantly triggered, then we're not dealing with the things and not dealing with the things in the background, then you're not going to be in flow because then you're, you're allowing life to happen to you as opposed to for you. And isn't, uh, what is the saying that you use a lot is never waste a good trigger? Yeah. Well, that's absolutely. And, you know, I'll hop on that till uh, the, the end of my days. It's going to be a long time from now. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it, it is really true. That it is the way to get into to the, the, the aspect of yourself that needs to be healed. Because the only way, the only reason you are triggered is because you hold an aspect of what's triggering, triggering you within yourself. And it's efficient. Yeah, it's the most efficient way to to navigate that is to lean in, quit resisting that it's there, quit resisting that you're having a tr- that you're being triggered, quit resisting that it's coming up for you. Mm-hmm. Accept it, turn around, look at it, and say, okay, 
what's our unfinished business? Absolutely. What's, what's going on here? That's why I always harp on, you know, compassion, acceptance, forgiveness, and gratitude. If you circle through those four uh, pillars, as it were, through every experience you've ever had and you ever will have, then you will find yourself in flow. Because if you have compassion for yourself and everybody else and every experience, and you accept everybody for what they are and you accept yourself and you forgive everybody and yourself and show gratitude to it, then you end up in flow because then you are allowing life to flow through you and allow life to happen for you. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that, um, that eludes us is part of our social indoctrination is what I think it is, is really the sense of um, in order to be, you have to have and do first, and then you get to be. And that seems to be inverted in that um, compared to what you were saying, what you're feeling inside is reflected on the outside. And a lot of times we forget to be first, mm -hmm. then do and have. I would and say it's a, it should be, instead of human being, it should be human feeling. Because it's not, it's actually when we say, you know, be happy, it's feeling happy. Right. Mm. And, and the, being happy is you, you acquire something, right? Feeling happy, it's in, uh, intrinsic. It's something that already exists. Wow, that's a really great differentiation. And another, so a friend of mine, she's a an amazing wild fit coach named Pamela Lapointe, and she she just makes everyone smile. Um, she lives here in Alaska, in Eagle River, and people. She just lights up the room. She's just one of those people. So I, I asked her. I said, Hey, how do you how do you fit into this mode? How do you continually just exist in this? And she said that what she does is she sees something pushing her off center. She finds something about her life in the now or something that she's experiencing or something that's come up recently that she appreciates. And then she just appreciates the hell out of it. Mm -hmm. And she differentiates between gratitude and appreciation because appreciation puts her in that mode of just, uh, being so grateful for every aspect of it because a lot of us you know you become complacent like you know do you remember the first vehicle you ever bought the first car and the amount of freedom that it brought and how much you were looking forward to it mm -hmm. and now you get in and out of your vehicle and you barely think about it it's you know it's just another thing that you kind of step over and so she'll just pause and just really appreciate those things to get back into her center yeah um, you know is it I suppose it's semantics, but I agree with the sentiment that it's appreciation as a higher vibrancy or frequency than uh, gratitude. Gratitude is all has a sense of uh, servitude to it, that you're grateful to something that uh, something benevolent, as it were. Uh, appreciation is something that can exist within yourself uh, quite quite uh, intrinsically. Yeah, uh, just continuing with the conversation that that's happening here, uh, being in appreciation good, and good yes. being in appreciation and gratitude for even the things that take us out of flow. Mm -hmm. When when we have those triggers that come up, getting really curious about them and why are they coming up, and recognizing that 
and at certain times those triggers and things that are coming up are to point us in a direction of even more flow in future right they're they're coming up to clear things so that we can perhaps step into further flow and, mm -hmm. and further greatness um you know maybe without those coming up we can we can either look at things that interrupt our flow and be upset for them or be appreciative for them and be in gratitude for them knowing that they're they're setting us up for further flow into the future totally uh, agree with that and that's a great great point there brenda it, it it does link back to what we were saying about uh, before about don't waste a good trigger because it is the appreciation for the trigger because it allows you to delve into uh, where what, what's preventing or kind of interrupting that flow if you are in a flow state and you you are triggered it gives you an opportunity to find the source of that and allow you to heal that uh, so it's a lot of times you can sit in meditation for as we say here in the uk donkey's ears and uh, and never figure out where your triggers are because you're sitting in meditation and you're in that kind of flow you're in that bliss so in order to discover these places that are interrupting your flow you have to experience it so you have to get those triggers so yes absolutely brenda you show appreciation for those triggers because they show you the way right <laughs> i'm actually gonna say something really probably off the beaten path completely we're quite but used to that barbie so uh, go right ahead <laughs> i forged my own path but anyway uh, a couple of years ago i remember that i started really focusing on this topic and it's interesting to think about that in retrospect because I was doing that pre Mind Valley, pre intuition training, all that stuff. And I just remember that I just kept thinking about the fact, and it's going to probably sound very passe, but it's like we have all these reality shows, right? It's like the real world was the one that started it in MTV like 30 years ago. And we were watching other people's lives, right? So it was like, why are we watching other people's lives? Why aren't we living ours fully? Like that's literally the juxtaposition of yeah. that thought process. And so a couple of years ago, I was just like, you know what? This is my freaking reality show. And I'm gonna show up every freaking day in hair and makeup as if I'm in my own reality show. And like the whole entire world reacted in this completely different way. And even things like going to the DMV which people around the world don't know that that's a department of motor vehicles, which is pretty much about like Dante's Inferno hell. You go in there and generally it's just like <laughs> it's purgatory. Yeah. They're all queuing outside. It's just like complete hell. And I was just like, okay, well, I'm just going to totally like present myself in a totally different way. And like, like, you know, how would it be if I just came into the DMV and everything was great. The last two times I've been to the DMV, I've been in and out within two minutes, two minutes and it's full. And it's the kind of stuff of where you're going like, I don't know exactly how that is, but it is truly a form of bending reality because it's like, if you think to yourself, how could it be that I would have a different experience where I go into a governmental agency, but I have a pleasant experience. And generally a lot of times it's about kindness and being in that flow of like, oh, I'm going to present myself as like, hi, can you help me? And then the next thing you, you get whisked over to this queue, here you go, here, da, 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 da. And the next thing you know, you're in your car again and you're leaving and you're going like, 
how did I just get into the DMV for two minutes? But to me, that's the kind of stuff of where am I in flow all the time? No. But like last night, I was just kind of, you know, in a state of where I'm like, you know, I think I need to find something to do. So I turn on my music and next thing you know, I'm like dancing. And I just imagine I'm at a club, I'm dancing. I'm playing like Give Me More from Britney Spears. I'm just dancing all over the place, having a great old time. And I'm like, you know what? This is my reality show. So therefore it's like from that perspective of like flow to me is being where it's almost like there's another person in the room. And I, I think that's the part that that's the exciting part is that it's like this, this presence that comes through you of where you feel like you're alive, you're electrified. So to me, flow is not just the, I'm going to go to work. I'm going to go eat some food. I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to go do this. That That's like, you know, 3D dimensional where you're just like, I well, am my body. That's not flow, I would say. I, I don't think anyone would recognize that as flow, would they? No, but I'm just saying it's like, am I in flow all the time? Absolutely not. So I'm not going to pretend like, you know, I have the perfect life, but it's still, it's the point of like, you know, okay, what would make me happy in this moment? And then you choose that. Yes, and it's, as you, uh, we were saying before, but Glenn, that uh, when you you can find those moments, like you were saying now, dancing around your living room yesterday and listening to music and uh, so forth, that that does bring us into that flow state, right? Um, and it, but it, the challenge is when you go to the DMV or in, I'll I'll, I'll uh, trump you up one on that, going to the immigration services in America even worse than the DMV. Uh, most of you don't have to experience that, at least you Americans. So lucky you. Um, but the, the uh, it, it's those times when we can encounter those situations and allow that experience to be whatever that experience needs to be and judge it nor good nor bad, that's when we can find ourselves in flow like you were saying you, you went in with a different attitude you go in with a different uh perception of the or expectation of the on the reality and it flows things just happen and it, it might have been that you know you might have had to sit there and wait for half an hour but you didn't know in this case you waited only two minutes but if even if you had to wait half an hour if you go in with that mindset that's okay whatever you're going to experience is going to be okay then it would allow things to flow uh, you would find yourself in that flow state anyway right absolutely because i mean that's the part about it in the sense of where like you can sit there and you can complain and you can be unhappy about the fact that you know you have to do this and you have to do that but there are things that you have to do so it's like you know, even this week I revisited Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It's like the whole thing about like, you know, got Willy Wonka who looks like a totally, you know, crazy person, but he's so happy. Like that's his world. He created his own world. And that's the part about where I was listening to a podcast yesterday where somebody said, my imagination is more real than my physical 3D reality. And it's like, would you choose your imagination world or would you choose the 3D reality? And it's like, 3D reality is the world that you have to live in but your imagination is the world that you can create in your own mind. And the person who has the most creative imagination, that person is never, ever able to be enslaved. You are always in freedom because your imagination is so powerful and you can create whatever you want.
Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about coming into alignment in a minute there. Uh, just want to hear from uh, Marilyn. Hey, good morning. Sorry. Good morning. The last thing in the world I thought was that I'd be on camera this morning. So you're really getting the real me. Um, my question is, can you have flow when you're like studying or researching on the internet? Because sometimes hours go by and I'm just fascinated. And I, some people say going down the rabbit hole, but it feels like flow to me. And then the other is when I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a coach. So when I work with clients, you know, I definitely feel like things come out into me that uh, I don't even know where they come from, but like I'm working with a client and I'm saying something and they're really responding. So I think that sometimes flow too. Um, so that's my question. Those two different instances, are those considered flow? I think flow, as uh, I, I would always take the tack, what does it feel to you? So if you feel that is flow, then that is flow to you. Now, if you sit researching stuff on the internet and it stresses you out because you're feeling you're wasting your time, i.e. scrolling down Facebook or whatever, um, even though you are kind of, quote unquote, wasting time, you're just letting time pass, uh, I, to me, that wouldn't be flow. But if you're sitting researching something that you're really interested in and it inspires you, uh, to me, that would definitely be flow, absolutely. And, you know, what you describe as a coach, you know, working as a coach myself, uh, where you're sitting with a client and suddenly you just find yourself saying stuff that you don't really know where it's coming from. Absolutely, that's being in flow, to me anyway. Um, and uh, but that, so that's, tap, that's when you're really coming into alignment as well with your true essence because then you feel it's like you you're almost you're observing the experience of having this flow of quote-unquote wisdom with your client that is resonating so deeply with your client that they are almost gobsmacked you know it's like immediate immediate uh, healing as it were um but for me when i experience that it's like I'm observing myself from a different perspective, from my awareness. And I'm just watching myself say these things. And I don't, you know, I call it my, you know, higher wisdom. Uh, that's the source it comes from. And that when I find myself in alignment with that, that is, then I'm in complete flow and I'm in bliss heaven. <laughs> it is blissful. And my question is, can you make that happen like for me it just happens when it happens i have no control over it like sometimes it happens i guess i feel like the more um vulnerable a client is or open then it comes uh, but i don't know how to make that happen in normal life <laughs> i think connecting with people in general it doesn't have to be with someone who's working through core wounding in you know in psychotherapy or in coaching uh, it could be your, in my case, anyway, you know, you go to the store and you strike up a conversation with someone behind the counter and say, fantastic job you're doing. And you're connecting with them and you, they feel that you're connecting with them. That can totally be in the flow state with that, right? Yes. So as a general answer to your question, I would say absolutely. And it's 
when you follow, and that's why I was saying that allowing life to happen for you and not to you, there's a lot more to it behind that. You know, going through all the garbage that we have to work through and seeing life from a completely different perspective, observing our experiences as opposed to engaging from an emotional uh, reactionary uh, perspective, all of these things, trusting our intuition, you know, trusting our boundaries, our energetic and uh, spiritual boundaries. There's so many, so many things that go into that, but that's, those are all, when we start or when we do the work that we need to do, then those things do tend to fall into place by themselves. And we do get into that flow state. And Marilyn, that's a great question. I think the question that I would posit as well as the fact that with intentionality is everything. So I know that um, last year I took Christy Marie Sheldon's intuition one-on-one course, which was a very specific way to train your intuition because I was so good at being able to have things happen occasionally, but I didn't really know how to actually like determine those things intentionally. And then after that, it was like, I remember Christopher at one point in time had stated, he's like, wow, you're like using your intuition like a laser. But a lot of it is about being expanded. So on a regular basis of where you expand your energy, most people who are in flow, who are magnetic and they're manifesting for themselves, they're generally expanded about 30 feet around themselves. So they're generally completely open to this radiance where they create this energetic field around themselves people want to be around just like what glenn was talking about with the person the wild fit coach i i tend to also be one of those people where people gravitate around me because they just want to be around the energy and that's something of where if you're expanded as much as possible that really really is something of where you can find it and you can almost make it like a game where you see wow okay if i'm expanded what kind of things am i manifesting in my life and then you start to see different things and I know I, I make a joke that, you know, there's been times when I go to Costco where you can't find anybody except for like a cash register person. And I have people will show up at the door for me if I show up expanded and they are my personal shopper and they want to know if there's anything else they can get for me. And I laugh because it's not Nordstrom. It's not, you know, it's not Neiman Marcus, but it's still you're just laughing because it's, it's how you show up. So I think that that's the part too of where you just, you know, when I go to the DMV or whatever, it's like, okay, well, what would it take for this to be a short visit? And then you're out in two minutes and you're like, yes. And then you feel that feeling in your body and then you recreate it and you recreate it and you recreate it. And so then there's like a certain magic and a synergy that happens. And then you just keep asking for more and more of those experiences. Yeah. And I, I think that's an important aspect there of uh, allowance. In order to have flow in your life, you have to allow flow to happen. Most of the time, and I think that is one of the biggest challenges we have, is that we we want flow to happen, but we want it to happen on our on our terms. So we try to control it. Once you try to control it, it doesn't happen. So it, it is a a, a catch twenty two. You can't. It, you have to relinquish relinquish control in order to gain control. Right. So it's uh, it's it's uh, allowing the the flow to happen within you and allowing it to flow around you, um, because a lot of times you know we do we end up in situations like the DMV. Let's use that example that you're in there and you have a meeting in an hour and you're trying to 
try to uh, move the process along. And the more you try, the more you actually end up resisting it because you you don't allow the experience to just unfold naturally and beautifully. And just knowing that if it's going to take an hour, it's going to take an hour. And then usually then that allows the flow to happen and you're actually out there in two minutes as opposed to the hour. But if you allow it to be whatever it's going to be, that's when you hit that, that flow point, right? One of the things that I think that I really, really am, I guess, kind of hit upside the head about that really makes sense to me now is having clear goals in your four steps. You mentioned that one of the first one was having clear goals and visions. And mm -hmm. as everyone was talking, I was thinking about how flow can happen, you know, to your benefit and also to your detriment. And you think about, um, you know, music again is a vehicle. You can also go down a really dark spiral if you choose to, because there's also that type of music out there where you can spiral down into despair and mm -hmm. to nothing works. And there's how many songs are, are there about how love hurts? You know, there's that that whole thing that can drop you into this flow um, to your own detriment. You know, and to maybe fulfill or bring up your own rules again. But also with intention, like Barbie said, having intention means you have to have a level of clarity. What is the experience I want to have? Mm -hmm. And also you mentioned boundaries. So can you kind of talk a little bit more about that, about how you, you continually say allowing our boundaries to work for us? Can you kind of expound on that a little bit more in this instance? How long do we have? Um, <laughs> when, when we did a whole podcast two, two weeks ago on uh, boundaries um, but no sure um, well I think part of the the idea and go, going back to to what I was saying before that if you try to build your boundaries then those boundaries are going to be rigid and then you, you're not going to flow with the boundaries Boundaries are not there as hard and fast rules about yourself because the environment around you changes all the time as well as you. But you're the one who can actually, you can't control your environment around you. You can only control your words, your thoughts, your actions, right? So it's what am I prepared to do and how am I prepared to act? How am I prepared to think? And knowing that you can control all of those aspects will then create those boundaries around you based on your alignment with your authentic self. So it's releasing any, uh, any, any expectations on having control will allow those, that alignment to happen. And because then you're in a state of acceptance and then you allow life to happen for you, not to you. When you think that life happens to you, then you're in resistance because you're always trying to change things that are happening to you, uh, as opposed to just observing experiences and saying, good thing, bad thing, I don't know. You know, it's, it is neither good nor bad. It's, they're just experiences. And how I want to feel, that's all intrinsic within me. You know, it's like love, is not something that is determined by my partner. 
it's just some uh, a partner can enhance the experience but love is something that exists within me already it's a god-given gift you know it's my birthright right so being able to express that as a choice and that's the same thing with control and with uh, the boundaries uh, tapping into that thing within yourself that is authentically you will set up those boundaries for you it's when we we try to control everything around us and set up those boundaries uh, with our own sheer force then that's when you're going to be out of flow because you the, the world is too complex for us to set boundaries for every little thing that's going to happen so we tend to set these very rigid boundaries like and it's like cross my boundaries and there'll be hell to pay right but if someone crosses your boundaries that's an experience and just allowing it to happen right yes you don't need to accept it but knowing that if it happens there is that sense of allowance that okay it happened now i have a choice to either change my perception of what happened or i can just leave this person or i can you know i have a choice to work with this person but i just knowing that i can't change that person will then i will have to change right so all of these things coming together will then allow you to go into that uh, flow and the flow is allowance allowing things to happen for you to uh, and to connect with that authenticity within yourself so it is complex, I know, <laughs> but uh, it's, you know, you, a lot of times we gain uh, conceptual knowledge about things, and then we just have to work on it slowly but surely, and eventually we end up with uh, this innate bodily knowing of it when it actually turns to wisdom, and we just know it, and it's like, that's when we go I, I don't know i can't really explain it but you know it's something like this or this it's something i have to experience with itself kind of thing right but yeah no it is um so it's it's that working on our process that allows us to eventually end up with fewer and fewer trigger points right and fewer th fewer things that want to need to be healed uh Brenda, I think you wanted to say something before, before I go to Barbie. Um, I don't remember what I was going to say, <laughs> but so thank you. something good, <laughs> I think it was something about control. Yeah, I think it was something about control and and when when we're trying to control things, um, like thinking about the, the river flowing and mm -hmm. when we try to, to block the river, it's... Uh, it's going to be to our own detriment. It's just not going to allow things to, to continue to flow. I think it was something about that. Well, and I think, I know where you're going on it. It's when we look at the river, if it comes up against the rock, it's not going to, the whole river is not going to stop and wait for the, or try to remove the rock, right? It's uh, going to flow around it. It's going to flow above it, right? under it, wherever it can, right? It's not going to bother about the rock being in the way. It's going to flow, flow wherever it can flow, right? Yeah, and I think I think with that, it's like if we think of ourselves as the rock, 
you know, sometimes we, we stop our own flow and get in our own way. Yeah. Well, that is the resistance. Yeah. Right. And life is still going to find its way. Sorry, what was that, uh, Brenda? Sorry again. Oh, I was just saying life is still going to find its way in, in spite of us. Exactly. We can sit on our sofa and do absolutely nothing expecting life to stand still, but it doesn't. It moves on. Uh, so we change even if we try if we try to control and not change we are going to change anyway Mm -hmm. beautiful thank you barbie go ahead and then uh, we're going to take some uh, approach some uh, or address some questions in the uh, chat here Mm. so i think a lot of it has to do with the difference between fear and love so i think a lot of people walk around in fear and they're contracted yeah so we're like this contracted wall. Uh, I'm in California where like the dress code is pretty much like a hoodie and jeans and like Vans tennis shoes. It's like, you can't distinguish between anybody. It's just, that's kind of the uniform blend colors, dark colors, you know, don't stand out. Just kind of the urban, urban thing. Whereas like for me, I'm about color. <laughs> like, you know, hello, how are you? It's like, it's just, it's that whole completely separate thing, but it's like, when you have that fear contraction and you're walking around all the time like that, the, the universe, the world can't meet you at that. You're closed. You're, you're like this little rock. I mean, nowadays you see people that are not only are they wearing that uniform, but then they also have their giant headphones on or their AirPods in or whatever else. They're completely disconnected from the other world. And you can't be in flow with that because you're in your own world. So it's like all these people going like, you know, I hate my life. I hate my life. I hate my life. I hate my life. So they're just like totally shut down. But instead it's like, there's a book called the heart aroused from David White. And it's like, when you open up your energy and you show up for it, it's like all these beautiful synchronicities happen. Mm -hmm. And that's the part about where people are always like, how do you have all these experiences in like these pedestrian places that I, I don't have experiences like that. And it's like, because you show up differently. You show up that you basically, like when you go to church or you go to a nice dinner or you go to a cocktail party, whatever, there's an attire, right? You do black tie or you do this or you do that. And I think people have gotten to the point where they're too casual with their own lives. If you're that casual with your own life and your life's like bland and boring and you just wear the same shade of, of clothing and everything around you is kind of like the same shade, it just becomes incredibly like this palette is so like limited, but there's a whole palette of colors that are out there. So to me, like when I went to Ireland, there are so many colors of green in Ireland. I have never, ever, ever seen in my entire life. So being in flow means that you continuously have this childlike wonder. You continuously know that life can surprise you. Just because you're a certain age doesn't mean you don't get to have new experiences. Everything isn't just the fact that it's always the same old, same old. It's like, even if you're in your 50s or your 60s or your 70s, it's like looking for these new, amazing, golden experiences where you say, wow, that was an amazing day. What an awesome experience, et cetera. So being in flow is really being in love with your own life, being in love with yourself, being in love with the fact that you present yourself in a way that you allow the world to love you back. Yeah, I would actually I would say finding that in any experience that you have, 
uh, and if you are in a challenging experience, uh, if you can't find the love in it or find the gift in it or the gem, whatever it might be, the gratitude, the appreciation, um, try to find the uh, the contentment or the uh, the aspects of it that you can be appreciative of. So you don't look at the entire experience as a whole thing, but you can take elements out of it. So it's, there's a, and it depends where you're at, you know, on your path, as it were. Some people find it easier to be in love with their life than others. And I know for myself, you know, uh, one of the challenges with, with uh, you know, gratitude practices, for example, is, is that, you know, if you don't believe in it, or if you don't believe it yourself, when you're doing these practices, it doesn't matter how often you do it. It doesn't matter how much you try it, but it's it's more about finding the elements of your life that you can show appreciation for. So one of the basic things being, I woke up this morning. I'm appreciative of that. And I get to experience this. Right. And it's and changing the mindset from life happens for us or to us to life happens for us right i know exactly what you're saying barbie but i think from my point of view in my experience it's there is a danger there that people look at that and it's it's almost like a big mountain to climb when they're not in that state right what do you think about that well but you you know me and you know the fact that i practice all of those things with a debilitating chronic illness where it almost took me out. So therefore I was barely able in 2016, barely able to get out of bed. And I decided that I wasn't going to allow it to take me out. So therefore, what do I need to do every single day? Sometimes an illness is one of the best teachers because it makes you force yourself to figure out something else of where you're not in misery anymore because you're focusing on pain. So that's where it was like, okay, I'm going to shift it. And so that's why I started really focusing on fashion and and dressing up every single day. Like I was going to some, I don't know, Hollywood premiere. It was like every single day was a Monday or a Tuesday in a, you know, regular job, but it was still, I decided to present myself in a different way. And I put myself in a flow state that if my body and my energy was like a two, I felt like an eight or a nine because of the fact that I was presenting because I had to bring this energy for the clothes that I was wearing. Mm -hmm. And it was an intentionality of that. And I realized for a lot of people, it's moving mountains, but by the same token, when you have a, 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 you know, something that is almost like tragic, like an illness, what are you going to do? Are you going to give into it and let it win? Or do you basically give yourself an opportunity to be able to, to, you know, prevail. And now even like, I know Brenda was on the call with me the other day with Ken Honda and it was so beautiful to hear him say, you know, well, here you are now on the world stage, letting the whole world fall in love with you. I mean, that was such a beautiful thing to hear him reflect. I, I was like dumbfounded, yeah. but it was still that perception is that in the sense of where it has completely shifted my energy to the point of where I'm completely open and my energy is open for people to do that. So being in that flow state like that is, is but it's hard one. And it takes massive action and you have to flip your script. You have to change your mind about your circumstances because my life isn't perfect. And it's still, it's, it's that mindset of like, oh, it's, 
Tuesday night and I don't have anything to do, I'm going to dance in my living room. That That's literally of where it's like, you know, I, I've, I've shared in this podcast too, going home from work, turning on the, you know, blasting the radio, opening up the sunroof on, on, and singing my heart out, like, you know, and dancing in my, in my car, like I'm at a party. It's like, it's party for one. But the whole thing is that you're supposed to make yourself happy. You are supposed to be your own best friend. And then you attract other people that will then want to be around that energy as well. So that's the most important thing. Make yourself your own best friend. And a lot of times then that is where you come into flow state. Totally agree with that. And it's the, the understanding that patience is a necessary ingredient in order to get into flow. That it's not going to happen overnight. Nope. Uh, I, I think there, what I w- wanted to bring out was, you know, in the kind of the, the positive toxicity that exists in the, uh, you know, new age mo- movement, where it's like, as long as I run around and say love and life, then life is beautiful and fantastic. And it's not always going to be that. But as long as we accept that it's not going to be, that will then allow us to find the gems and the gifts in those experiences that we can be appreciative of. So for you, Barbie, having the debilitating chronic illness, that's, that's not necessarily in itself something to be appreciative of, appreciative of but the, uh, the fact that it pushed you to the point where you needed to make a choice or re- really understand that you had a choice in the, in the matter that you weren't going to let the uh, physical illness uh, master you, you were going to master it, and you were going to find the ways that you could uh, turn the script or flip the script on the illness. And it's taking a long time to get to the point where then it starts to validate itself. And when you reach that tipping point, that's when you go into, into that perpetual flow because you've played this game as it were for a long period of time and suddenly things start showing up that validates the point of view and the perspective that you have right absolutely and that's the part about in the sense of where it's also thanking my illness it's it's thanking those shitty experiences it's it's thanking all those people who were unkind it's like it's also focusing on that in the sense of where it's like you detach yourself from those things because again it's your life your opinion about yourself is the most important opinion when you are in alignment with yourself and your energetic frequencies then you can present completely 100% you and then what i found is that the universe is your friend it's benevolent it wants to give you things it wants to play with you it wants to show you love it shows you all these beautiful things and I mean, you know, stay tuned. The next year is going to be freaking amazing because of the fact that, you know, all these like gorgeous things have been put forward. But I mean, it's an important thing for people to understand too, that it's been hard won. It's been, it's been a lot of work to be able to shift that perspective, but it's like, never give up on yourself. Never, ever, ever give up on yourself. And don't ever think that your life being static in the moment, the way it is at this time, that it's permanent. Don't give up on yourself and feel like you have to just like give up and say, oh yeah, well, this is it. And then you just kind of like live this sad life that you're just, you know, kind of trudging through it. So that's the part about where, you know, fight for yourself, fight for your happiness, fight for the ability to be able to flip it, no matter what your circumstances, 
because even like Viktor Frankl's work is really important. Yeah. Man's search meaning is completely about the fact you're in the Holocaust and these horrific things are happening around you. But hope is the most important thing mm -hmm. that springs eternal in the human soul. And if you can find that in your heart, your flow state will be undeniable because you know that there were people there that enabled, you know, other people to be able to have some sort of a feeling like everything was going to be okay, even though they were in the middle of hell. I think the key word there is really choice and understanding that we have a choice because being in living outside of flow in a mundane kind of existence, that is a choice. And being uh, or being accept, accepting that choice uh, is key as well. Because once you realize you have a choice in the matter, then you can then flip the script on it. So we had a question here before on how to develop the flow and how to control it. And I think we've gone through a lot of that, but take, I think it's a good idea to take away the idea that we can control it. It's more uh, that we allow it to happen. We allow the flow to be by setting our intentions on how we want to appreciate uh, the experiences that we have or have had. So going through the experiences we've had in terms of uh, allowing, allowing those to be okay and accepting them will then allow you to move into that state of flow slow, uh, slowly but surely. And as I said before, when you hit that tipping point, and the flow happens automatically because you are now embodying all of these things of compassion, acceptance, forgiveness, and gratitude or appreciation, then flow is going to happen quite naturally. You don't control it. It's when you try to control it, it's going to stop. That's where it screeches to a halt. So be mindful of that. And before I go to you, Glenn, I'm going to just address another thing here. So we have the the uh, the first step there clear goals and, and visions a lot of times if we hit rock bottom and i've been here myself where you suddenly your identity is ripped from you and you are in a state where you hit rock bottom you don't know who you are any longer because now you know the identity you had yesterday is no longer your identity uh, you know whether that being through your job your family whatever it is uh, you know, you might have been an alcoholic and now you're sober. Uh, the identity is the identity shift, right? The, so now you have this blank canvas in front of you. It was painted yesterday, but now you have a new canvas that you have to paint because you don't know what the future is going to hold. Um, and that's where it's, I find it's a good idea to start painting one little bit at a time. You don't need to address the whole canvas all at once. Uh, but set, you know, one vision as part of this big white canvas that you have in front of you, right? So be clear about one thing. And then it's, it's like a, um, uh, you know, tentacles from this one aspect of the painting are then going to start reaching out and create other aspects that you are going to uh, strive forward. And that's where, you know, rock bottom, as we talked to, uh, you know, with Barbie about her illness, 
that it can be really helpful because it allows you to reset some of these things. And now you have a chance to actually go into life with a completely different mindset, with a different perspective, and you can recreate it from scratch. It's a reset. Um, so that's a, the gift in itself. I love this discussion. Thank you so much. Um, the one thing I really realize about myself is that when when it comes to things like choice, like Viktor Frankl is such a great example. You know, he was transferred in and out of, I think, four concentration yeah. camps. And just the sheer odds of survival are astronomical just because of that, right? Yeah. And, but again, he said between, you know, everything that you experience, there's a choice of how you want to experience it. And that also comes back to boundaries. Like one of the things that I always see, feel as though it needs to be a trigger I use as a trigger is when you're in a sales pitch or you're in a situation where something's being sold to you, whether it's through the news or through, a, you know, at a car salesman or what have you, the moment where you don't have any choice, where you're put in a situation where you're, where someone's trying to convince you that you don't have a choice, always that's a red flag for me. Always that means I need to stop I need to slow down and really open up my perspective because something's not right. And a lot of times I'll just step away from the situation entirely, especially things like the news. And in order to maintain, you know, my sense of the experience I want to have through, through the world, which is connection, which is, you know, a sense of belonging. And a lot of these other things create uh, separation and they're designed to, you know, isolate ourselves. And then, the other thing is, is that, um, you know, when we're setting boundaries around ourselves, the authenticity really seems to be the common thread. And it seems to be, for me, my way of finding my center again, is when I feel all anxious, when I'm feeling all messy and, and not sure about things, I slow down, I, I lean into authenticity. And I remember that the universe loves to show up in beautiful ways. And in order for that to happen, there needs to be opportunities. And those opportunities mean that it needs to be outside of what I consider my own control. And as, as you're saying, you know, just allowing, just letting go is the same way that you allow a flower to bloom, right? You don't want to touch it or handle it because it, it needs to unfold in its own time. And you just need to witness the wabi-sabi beauty of it. Mm -hmm. It requires trust. Um, it requires trust in the process and trust that if you come into an experience that on the face of it is something, you know, from your external perspective, that you don't want to go into because your external perspective says that it's going to be a crappy experience. But when if you were able to travel in time and go you know, forward in time five years and you look back at this experience and you, you say, oh, that's exactly what I needed. Now, if you avoid that experience and you don't allow yourself to flow through that, then you're resisting it and you won't have the experience that is going to allow you to go to the next stage. Um, so it's trusting that the experiences that you have are there for, for you to experience and for you to move into the next stage, as it were, or the, the next step or the next level. Um, you know, so just ponder this for a minute. You're a newborn, you grow up, you're living in a bubble, and you have no positive or negative experiences 
in life. You're 35 years old now. And so how do you know what's good and bad? What, what, how do you know what you want to experience if you have no reference points, right? So in order for us to know what's something that we desire, we need to experience what we don't want to do or what we don't desire. Even if that's just in a fantasy type of an experience. Uh, but sometimes we need to, you know, from a karmic perspective, we need to actually go through that actual experience in order to know what we want to experience. Um, yeah, like a photo needs contrast in order to pull the subject forward and allow the background to disappear without contrast everything's just flat and nondescript and uninteresting like background thank you that's a good one appreciate it well i think that it's interesting too in the sense of where like we talk about i think a lot of times the most people i see around the most in flow are the people who are also the most resilient mm-hmm. and they've gone some crazy stuff in their lives that was not good was beyond their control and i think that we've tried really hard the last 20 years to be able to make you know childproof everything for kids like i mean do you remember when we were growing up we skinned our knees all the time we you know busted our jeans we like climbed trees we're outside we're doing all this cool stuff and i was like oh no you have to be in a car seat oh no you need to have like you know a helmet you need to have this whatever my 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 dad and my my uncle used to be in on pacific coast highway on this steep hill they put a board with roller skates at the bottom it made a mock skateboard in 1951 and they used to haul it down this this like hill all the way and go over pch like literally in malibu and they would go probably about 40 50 miles an hour no helmet no nothing just you know like just being kids and you know those are the kind of things of where they strengthen you but now it's like we're constantly childproofing things to make it of where children don't have to have microaggressions we don't want them to have to have any pain and we don't want them to have any of that kind of stuff either and i i worked for over 20 years with the 1939 club which is uh, the biggest organization of holocaust survivors on the west coast and they, they work through chapman university an amazing group of people but when you meet those people who are in their 90s or 80s or 70s they're the happiest people you've ever met in your life they have tattoos of numbers on their arms and they are so happy because they have seen what it was like to literally have everything taken away from them. So that's the part too, in the sense of where people who have gone through stuff are oftentimes the biggest flow masters, because when you literally have nothing that tests you, it's the same thing like you guys are talking about rocks in a river. That river rock has to deal with all the, the water coming through, debris coming through, all that kind of stuff. And it shapes it, 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 mm-hmm. it molds it. The glaciers in Alaska, all those different things, they just continuously get pushed through where, you know, there's this beautiful synergy of where now there's all these like, you know, these curves and, and, and shaves of different things because that water was coming through whether you liked it or not. So if you know that water's coming through whether you like it or not, be in the flow in the sense of where, be happy that you've survived so many things that were in your life and you could still wake up every day and forge a new identity and be in acceptance and flow saying, you know what? Yeah, that's what I experienced before, but I want to experience something amazing now. And I want amazing experiences that I didn't have before. And I'm going to allow myself to co-create with the universe and sprinkle some magic fairy dust and be in this beautiful space where my life looks completely different than it did before. I think it's the, uh, when you, uh, 
live a life where you're busy dying, as it were, and you metaphorically speaking actually do die, and you resurrect yourself, then you become uh, very uh, much a proponent of starting to live, right? And it's once you go through those experiences, then you realize that, oh, yes, there is something else. If, I, if it can be this bad, it can actually be, on the flip side, as good as this is bad, right? So those experiences are important. Yes, of course, it is challenging when we are going through it. But once we come out on the other side and we can actually find what, what the lesson is or what we can take away from it, and we can write, quote-unquote, the hero story as opposed to our victim story, that's when we can bring that as a tool into uh, to our when we write our flow of life, as it were, uh, to allow us to go into that flow, because we'll be in a different state of acceptance of those experiences. Absolutely, and that's the most important. In the sense in in that also, I really like in the in the Buddha and the badass that Vishen Lakhiani talked about is that identity shifting. It's like okay. If you identify with your story, most of the time you can't be in flow. If you detach yourself and disconnect yourself from your story and you allow every day to be a new story that you are writing, then you have an opportunity to step into that flow. I think the flow is prevented because you're so bogged down by mm -hmm. all of the story of what you have before. Yeah. But if you watch a kid who's learning how to skateboard or ice skate or people who you know take these giant motocross jumps and things like that, kids are fearless. They, they do so many amazing things. I'll never forget that I saw there was a warning put on the Superman costumes that said, warning, uh, this costume doesn't allow you to fly. Because I remember <laughs> my ex-husband's brother jumped off the roof and he thought he could fly. And he was really, really devastated when he found out that he couldn't. And it's like the fact that they had to put a disclaimer on that means that these little kids are putting on the Superman costume and they're like, hey, I've got it on and I can fly. But, you know, what would it take for us to think that we have a superpower that allows us to do that without having to put something on and just allow the world to basically work with us as opposed to against us? And it's like, you know, kind of like what you were talking about working for us. It's like, I want to work with the flow. I want to be mm -hmm. in the flow. I love, I, you know, growing up in Malibu, I used to love body surfing. And body surfing is one of those things of where when you've got this powerful, powerful wave and the synergy of it is pulling you forward. When you have that one point of where you know that that wave got you, you are pulled all the way forward to the shore. And it is the most exhilarating feeling, but it's that second before and the second after that wave goes by. But then guess what? Another wave is coming. And then another wave is coming. And then another wave is coming. And that's the part about it. It's like, how willing are you to be able to spend the whole day trying to keep, you know, chase all those different waves? And you figure that you had 10 good rides that day and you say, wow, that was an awesome day. I think we're, the, the superpower, and I always talk about that too, is um, that starts all this and perpetuates it is choice. That we are, when we realize that we have a choice about having hope, about changing our mindset, about the way we speak, the way we think, the way we act, when we ha realize we have a choice about it, that is the starting point to uh, down the road towards going into flow. Thank you everybody for sharing and uh, bringing your 
tremendous wisdom with you into this conversation and we'll see you soon take care everybody as with most things in life flow is multifaceted and uh, not as uh, one-dimensional as one might think and uh, there are a lot of things that we need to consider and take into account when we uh, consider flow hopefully this discussion have given you a glimpse into some of the aspects of it and uh, how you might actually be able to move into flow for yourself. The massive transformative purpose of the alchemy experience is to help or rather empower humanity to prioritize passion. And one of the side effects or the results of passion is that you end up in flow. So it's very much intertwined. And if you would like to explore how you might want to be able to work on this for your uh, for your own purposes and in your own situation, please do head over to the alchemyexperience.co.uk and book up a 30-minute free consultation with us to see if uh, we might be in the right place for you to do that exploration. Also, as I mentioned in the intro to this episode, we are launching a, a new concept in... Uh, flow training called Thrival Flow and that will take place or that launch will happen uh, in the middle of uh, 2021. So if you would like to hear more about this or be kept uh, uh, up to date please uh, visit on our website the Thrival Flow uh, menu option and that's alchemyexperience.co.uk and there on that page you will be able to enter your name and email address to receive further updates as we move along. But for now I'm leaving you to ponder how you can integrate flow into your life and uh, I will hopefully uh, see you next time at the next The Alchem Experience podcast. Have a good one!